podcast Chronic But Iconic. Simon, thank you so much for being on today. No worries. Um, if you could just give a brief sort of introduction into yourself to let everybody know who you are and the amount... Um, you know, my name is Simon Green. I chair my local disability group, the Bridget Coalition of Disabled People. I'm also a, a board member with Disability Wales. And I'm a judge, which is how we met. I'm a judge with the National yes. Diversity Awards. You are indeed. And you're such a role model in your own right as well. Oh, thank you. You've, you've done so, so much. And I mean, just recently as well, you've done so much. It, it's been quite a busy. Last year was a bit uh, was, was a bit um, slow and not very good. But, uh, but this year has been a bit uh, very, very busy. And it, it's just how I like it, to be honest. Yeah, because I remember last time at National Diversity Awards, um, you obviously went through surgery and you were sort of waiting on results, and it was it was a hard time for you because the surgery was also very difficult, but also the waiting around is also very hard. The, the waiting was terrible because um, I've got a condition called neurofibromatosis, yeah. and uh, I get lots of tumours that grow around my body, and they're mostly benign. And uh, benign tumours within my legs, unfortunately, is stopped me from being able to use them, so I, I use a wheelchair since about 2003. Yeah. But about, well, the beginning of the last year, towards the end of the year before that, I was feeling a bit unwell, yeah. and um, was then in the March told I had a, I had a brain tumour, and they told me that the tumour was malignant, and when they did the biopsy surgery in April, um, they yeah. said the tumour was inoperable, and mm. they said I'd be dead by Christmas, and they then, because my health got worse, they risked a second operation, but they told me that uh, I risk paralysis, blindness, incontinence, further disabilities, you know, afterwards. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to be here at the end of the year, I may as well go for it. Yeah, and, um, and I still have a brain tumour. They didn't get it all out, but they debugged far more than they expected to. And my, the resulting diagnosis, they, they said I wouldn't be able to wheel out the street. And, uh, and I have been. And I, I, I've managed to do a marathon uh, last mm. month, and I, I've signed up for two more. So uh, Which is incredible. I just like proving people wrong. Yeah, I know, and that that's great because, I mean, we've been speaking since probably sort of September last year, and and every time we speak, I'm just you know, you take my breath away with everything that you're doing because you're always on to the next challenge, and you you don't let anything hold you back, and I think that's really really inspiring for you know so many people that get cancer and it's it's awful and tumors and you know they're given that diagnosis, and you know your heart just sinks for them and you either sort of let it beat you or you try and beat it and you've you've tried to sort of fight your way through all this and it's great. 100%, I, I agree with you 100% because well, when I was 17 they told my mum I wouldn't live into my 20s because of uh, my health condition and yeah. uh, I, lo- I, lo- I like to think I only look 21 but I am 43 <laughs> as, uh, now. But, um, but yeah, it's just throughout my life I've just been given a few, a, a bad hand and um, I just like to prove medics wrong. And we, we have a brilliant NHS system, fantastic doctors and nurses, but yeah. they're not always right. And I, I, I knew people years ago when I was in my early 20s, I worked in a hospice who were diagnosed with cancer and maybe given six months or a year to live. Yeah. People who would just sit and cry and accept it and they'd be dead within a month or two. And those yeah. who thought, right, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to get out there. And they, they traveled the world, they went, they went away with their kids and their husband. They, they, they were still alive one or two years later and uh, you know I'm not saying that's not always the case it's certainly not but yeah. a lot of the time if we if we go out and live our lives so I was told I would be able to wheel out my street and I wanted to prove you were wrong so I just wheeled that a little bit further and further and uh, 
and then signed up to do the Welsh Marathon, which was a bit uh, bit extreme, but uh, exactly. I, I got through it, and I, I'm glad I did so. And you hit your target as well for all the money that you raised, which is incredible. Well, well originally we wanted, I wanted to raise a thousand pounds, which is a thousand pounds for my local disability group, but a thousand pounds for the uh, Charger Tumor Trust, which is a charity that help youngsters that have the neurological condition I have. And I, funny enough, I met them the year before last at the National Diversity Awards, and uh, but we raised six and a half grand in in the end. So uh, part of that will go to to each group. So um, the more, more than six times what what I initially wanted to to raise was was raised. So that was through massive, massive generosity, the help of my local rugby club as well. So yeah. I have to thank them and yeah. and um, and yeah, I didn't expect to, but I got there and I, I finished it and I I've signed up for two more now in the new Forest of Bournemouth. So I know it's sort of giving you that sort of motivation now to keep going, hasn't it? It has, and I've been only motivated, like, um, a young member of our group, um, a young lady called Helen, um, when she was 21, she, she woke up with a stiff neck, and she became paralysed within a, a couple of hours, oh, and she was told if she's got a transverse myelitis, it's the condition that she's developed, yeah. she told there's nothing they could do, that we, I attended the Royal Garden Party a, a month ago, and she came with me, and yeah. we actually spoke to Prince Charles, oh, and wow. she told him about his, her, her condition, and a couple of days later, I had a phone call from Buckingham Palace. I thought it was a wind-up. I almost swore the individual phoned me. I'm glad I didn't. Um, and they got in touch with her, and his, she, he's offered her the chance to see his doctor to try and give her some mobility back. Oh, my So gosh. she has to travel to a man in the Middle East to attend his clinic for six weeks. So we're raising the funds for her to get there, which is why I, I signed up to do the, to do the two marathons, to try and raise the money for, for her to go out to the Middle East to, to have the treatment that she needs to hopefully give her a lot of independence yeah. back and uh, some feeling back in her body. Definitely, and, and that doesn't just show your inspiration and motivation for you as a person, but also, you know, your kind heart, because you didn't have to do that. So that's really no. kind of you, and, and, you know, that, you know, you put others before yourself, really. I suppose it's a double, a double whammy, because I wanted do what I could to help Helen. We had a fundraiser for her yesterday in the collection in a local, a, a local supermarket and, and raised over £700 for her, which, which was fantastic. But the yeah. reason I want to, want, want to do these things is to A, help others, and B, to, do, to try and prove a few people wrong, to sort of prove I can. Yeah. You know, so um, some of my family members and some friends have said, oh, no, you don't want to be doing the marathon, you don't want to be doing this, you don't want to be doing that. But, you know, I like to show people, well, hey, I, I, I can do it. And... Definitely. You know, I know I have a medical condition, which is, it's supposed to not give you a very long life. I have a malignant brain tumour, but if I could just carry on and just, I'd like to live life for the day, not tomorrow. So yeah, and you only I, get I one do, shot. I do, do stuff now rather than put it off. Yeah, you only get one shot at life, so you want to make the most of it as well. Oh, but I want to live to be 100. You know, yeah. I want to be the oldest man in the world, and uh, I want to keep my fitness for when I'm 120 years old. But, yeah. um being realistic, I'm, I'm probably not going to live that long, and I, I want to do all I can. Yeah, definitely. Um, before the Green Reaper comes down, you know. And, and do you think that's your main source of inspiration then? I think so, because numerous times doctors and medics have said, "Oh, look, Simon, you, you're not going to be here at the end of the year, or you know, you're going to have to take it easy now." And yeah, I'm. I don't want to take it easy. Like I've been out this morning. We were we were practicing our dance routines because. Next Saturday, I'm competing in the, um, the the wheelchair power dance 
British Championships in Bristol. So, yeah, um, and we'll be, we'll, we'll be the first Welsh team to ever ever compete. So um, it's it's it's, it's fantastic as well. You know, if you so, you know, the end of last year was so bad. You know, I'm, yeah. the end of this year, I've completed the three marathons, competed in the the British Dance Championships, attended the Royal Garden Party, got Helen her mobility back or some of it. Yeah. Then, then fabulous. You know, it's 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 uh, it, 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 it it would have been a good year. You know. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the Queen's Garden Party, I'm very, very jealous about this. But I bet that was just like, you know, when you got it, it the letter through the door. I mean, even, even go there, to, to, be, to get dressed up, to, yeah. to go there was, was fantastic. And um, Helen, who's a young friend, and she'd never been to London before. And when she said to me she, she'd never been to London, and I, I didn't think twice, well, do you want to come to the garden party? And she had to take Fia, who's a PA and carer, with, with her. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Carwin Jones, our assembly member, got the, the third ticket to, for her to come. Wow. And it was brilliant. And we, you know, we saw some of the royal family. And then this um, this guy came along and said, "Would you two like to come forward to meet meet Prince Charles?" And and yeah, he, he came over and he spoke to us at length. But what pleased me was he wasn't he probably meets thousands and thousands of people. He actually he showed an interest in what I said to him. Yeah, he showed a particular interest in what Helen said to him. And uh, yeah. something must have struck home because he spoke about Helen to his doctors afterwards. And uh, and look what's happening. She has the offer to, yeah. because at the moment, she can only move some, she has to rely on someone to, to help her go to the toilet. She's permanently catheterized. She yeah. can't even make herself a cup of tea or coffee or choose when she goes to bed. So yeah. if she gets some of that mobility back, then then to be out of this world, to be honest, be brilliant. Yeah, and it, it's crazy because obviously it's devastating when these things happen to people, but you become so much more grateful for life and the little things. You do. She she did an interview on uh, our our local radio, and um, she said that since she's you know she'd she'd rather be physically well and non-disabled, but since she's had to use a wheelchair, she's actually had a whale of a time. Yeah. <laughs> and she noticed that people have been so kind and so helpful to to, you know, to towards her, and she's been a fantastic asset to our our group. Having a having a younger person yeah. involved to to tell the powers that be what what they want, what a young person needs as a wheelchair user is has been great, and. Um, and I, I'm pleased because if she does get some mobility back, she's going to continue doing the, the diversity work and, and, and still care about everyone that is disabled because she, she's a good person. And uh, yeah. And I would, uh, I so, so love it if in um, three or four months' time she came out to the airport and walked to a mum, you know, she was able oh, to do wow, that or yeah. get some sort of independence back would be, be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, sometimes we... We don't like our illness, and like you say, we, we'd rather we'd live to 100 fit and healthy. But also the people that we meet with our diseases and, and health problems, we're actually quite thankful for because they are such great people, such amazing role models, such great friends. 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I often say if somebody gave me a magic pill and to, to cure my health, make me maybe better so I can walk again, I'd probably take it. But if somebody said taking that pill will make you forget everything you've done in the past and not, not a lot of people... I probably wouldn't because yeah. being a wheelchair user and having having bad health, but I've met so many f- fantastic, inspirational people locally through the disability group and through the now through the National Diversity Awards and a judge again. It's it's just been, you know, I've met yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant people. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, have you noticed a shift in society in regards to diversity over the last few um, years? I think things have got better, yeah. but there's still a long way we can we can go. And um, 
you know, unfortunately through various things that are happening in the political world at the moment. You know, diversity yeah. seems to be forgotten about or, you know, there's more reported hate crimes against disabled people and especially due to, to race and sexuality. Yeah. So I think we've, we've come a long, long way, but we, we seem to be going backwards. Um, right. I, I, as a wheelchair user, campaign a lot for, for equal rights to be able to go yes, where I want to go and be able yeah. to use transport, but it, it, it seems to have been forgotten about. So we a lot more work needs to be done to make sure that... Uh, Disabled people are, are forgotten, and especially people with hidden disabilities like like yourself and like a number of people of Lyme's disease yeah. and people who have fibromyalgia or the early onset M- MS or ME. Yeah. Perhaps they, they look physically fine, but people are not. So more more awareness needs to be made to, to these conditions. Too. Yeah. But people are sick, but they might not even though they don't look it. Definitely, and I think sometimes people think they're doing their bit by just maybe being a little bit kind on the street or recognising that you might be struggling. But it's actually when it comes down to like the bigger things like housing and accessibility and th- those kind of things that are really, really difficult. Yeah, 100%. And um, I notice I have issues almost on a daily basis using trains and taxis and yeah. buses and getting to local pubs and, 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 and restaurants. And I, I have friends who have hidden disabilities. Um, yeah. I recently went for, for food with a lady who had... Um, um, she had a, an ileostomy and a urostomy and she used the accessible toilet because it was cleaner right. and when she came out uh, an old lady shouted and yelled at her how dare you use that disabled toilet you don't need to and but she had to but she yeah. looked perfectly fit and well but obviously because she yeah. had a double stoma um, this person shouted at her that she didn't have to use that but when she did and it, it, it that angered me to be honest yeah definitely because people shouldn't judge at all and that again like that's what it sort of makes it difficult sometimes when it's invisible and um, people think you're fine and you're fully able and, and really you're it's, not it's a lot harder. Like, people can sympathize with me because I, I use a wheelchair somebody has a white a, a white stick or a guide dog people can be sympathetic but we have like 30 40 attending our disability groups we might only have four or five used wheelchairs and yeah. a couple of guide dogs the rest have mental health issues learning disabilities or hidden conditions like fibromyalgia like ms you know it's it's not Yeah, definitely. And how do you find sort of the media side of things when it comes to disability? Do you feel like the media are sort of becoming on board now with diversity and getting it more in the news? Again, I think it's I think it's hit or miss because um, yeah. I sit on ITV World Diversity Group, and to be honest, they're, they're they're very very good at covering diverse issues of disability and ethnic minority and you know and the LGBT. The problem is, what I would like to see is if you know, um, there's a very good um, disability correspondent with the BBC, for example, who, whenever there's an issue or a story to do with any anything disabled or anything disability, she's always comes out and she's excellent. But I'd like to see her reporting on politics. Yeah. You know, I as a wheelchair user, if I walk, if I wheel down the street, if somebody comes to talk to me about Brexit, you know, I won't bore you with that now. But <laughs> I have a, I have a lot of, you know, I, I have a lot of opinions on it. So yeah. I, I'd like it if somebody, you know, somebody wearing a um, a hijab or a burqa was just asking a random question rather than rather than why she's wearing the face veil, you know. Yeah. So I'd like people to to save people to be included in in everyday things because whereas my disability might stop me from doing a lot, um, yeah. I still pay taxes. Uh, lots of disabled still go to work. I still want to to do what what non-disabled people do, you know. Yeah, and 
And do you think you're sort of more welcomed in your own community now that people understand what you've been through, seen all your achievements? Can you see that what your achievements are doing to help other people and inspire other people? I think lots are. I think lots of people are, but it's some people are just a little bit clueless. Yeah. Um, I think amongst the disabled community, um, lots of friends may, may be highly thought of amongst people who maybe suffer discrimination because of the colour of their skin or because of their sexuality. But I, I started off, when I first became a wheelchair user, um, I suffered a lot of hate crime. A lot of people called me quite nasty names for being in a wheelchair, and I did a various campaigns. And that was, that's how I was first nominated back in 2013 for a National yeah. Diversity Award. Okay. And it's, it tends to be people who are just that slightly bit clueless. Yeah. So perhaps if I, if I have a rant and moan about somebody blocking the drop curb, you know, I'm not just having a rant or a moan for... For the sake of it, it's yes. a genuine issue. It, it, it has stopped lots of people from, from going out and about. They're blocking access for anyone who's, who's visually impaired because of the tactile paving. They might be blocking as well. Um, so things have got a lot better, but there's a long, there's a long, long way, you know, way to go because we, we all need to go to the toilet. So if I go to a bar that has an accessible toilet, and then when I go into it, it's full of it's full of chairs or mops or Christmas decorations yeah. as, they, as they once was then the, the staff might moan and say, well, we've got nowhere else to put that, but how am I supposed to go to the loo? You exactly. Know, and would they put that stuff in the gents the ladies? It's, it's, it's a no-no. So yeah. we need to be far more educated. And I would actually start in, in the schools to make people a little bit more aware about yes. disability issues and about LGBT issues as well and BME issues. Yes. Because when I was in school, um, we never, we, we, I, I didn't know anyone who was disabled. You yeah. know, we didn't have any disabled classmates. It was, um, and if I'd... If I'd been in a, if I'd used a wheelchair when I was a kid growing up, I I would have had to have travelled twenty or thirty miles to go to a local what they call then a, a special oh needs school. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't have got in my local comprehensive or my local juniors, you know. Yeah, and I think it's sometimes it's difficult, you know, when people make quick judgments or they get argumentative about you asking for certain things because of your needs. They should be thinking, right? I need to put myself in their shoes how would I be think, feeling and thinking if it, it was me asking for help and advice and you know uh, that's true. I, I, I always tell people that you know well imagine if your loved one used a wheelchair or used a wheelchair yourself you know and you were discriminated against this way yeah. um, I won't mention name of them like when we went to the garden party I stayed in a hotel in London and a friend of mine Helen came but we had to pay an extra £152 per night for the hire of a, of a hoist so Helen could that is awful. stick to bed. And I, I complained about this, and I contacted the hotel and num- on numerous occasions and said, look, you know, we had, it cost, and that's why a lot of the state don't, don't travel. Yeah. And I had an email saying that um, they're not, our refund will not be, will not be paid because um, we, we've got a, the reason on our website, if anybody wants to bring their own hoist or hire one in, they can, but they don't cover that. And I, and I, said, to, I said to this woman on the phone, but what if what if one of your loved ones was was paralysed and needed a hoist to go into bed, you know, yeah. and then to pay an extra hundred? And she goes, well, we've all got our costs to bear, and it, and it really upset me and really yeah. angered me because we were supposed to go for two nights. We actually only stayed the one because of it would cost us an extra three hundred and four pound. Yeah, that's crazy. And and this young lady Helen hopefully would be travelling and meet up to Liverpool for the National Diversity Awards, yeah. and is trying to find a hotel that has a hoist there so so she can go to bed be honest or she can sit, just sit on the sofa and watch some telly if she wants to it's and it's very very frustrating and it's, it's just one of the things that that angers me a great deal 
that yeah. I've stayed in this hotel chain a lot and yeah. it's great successful for me because I've got the use of my body, I can lift myself on and off the toilet, into, into bed, etc. Because she can't, I feel that she's been discriminated against. Yes, um, definitely. Because if she wants to go on holiday, she has to pay an extra £152 a night, which... And it's not just a little cost either, it's, like, it's a lot. It's, yeah, it's not like if they said, oh, it'll cost you 10 or £20 to hire the heist, you'd, you'd grin and bear it. But yeah. £152? It just... It's, it's sometimes, it's two or three times what, what you what you paid to stay in the hotel, you know? It's, yeah. It's, it's just... It's crazy. It's just crazy, and more needs to be done so people are aware of what accessible means. Because lots of times people say they're accessible, and what they have is a temporary ramp they bring out, and you've got to get someone to go in the hotel or the business to, for them to bring the ramp out for you to use. So, mm. uh, so people do understand actually what they mean by accessible because what uh, what and also what is really good for me might not be very good for someone who has a, a sensory impairment and uh, right. funny enough speaking about something else our local group have, have done for a random conversation we thought of uh, an idea of an access petition certificate right. whereas most most premises have a zero to five rating for food hygiene yes and uh, we want to, in advance to uh, for example i only go to pubs and clubs and restaurants that have accessible toilets i can use yeah. So how great it would be if you knew, if you had to look on the website and you knew how accessible that premises were, that whether they had good. an accessible toilet, not just what they serve or what football match they're showing that yes. night. And if you have a restaurant that has a Braille menu, tell us. So have a little logo on the door and say, they have a Braille menu. If you have a bank and have a hearing loop, yeah. advertise that fact on the door, you have a hearing loop. So, you know, if you go past the premises and you have, they have an accessible toilet, they're fully accessible, they have a hearing loop, and they have a braille menu, they're autism aware, they're stroke friendly, more people are going to go there. Yeah, definitely. And it's slowly going through the, the Welsh Government. Now, hopefully, by the end of this year or next year, it, 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 this will be law in Wales, and hopefully then it will travel right across the, the, the UK. And that all came from yeah. just a random conversation in our, in our one of our group meetings. No, but it's, it's such a good idea, because I know it's not sort of the same, but with my food intolerances, I get very embarrassed about going to eat out in a restaurant because although sometimes they say on the menu they, they can cater for me sometimes when you get there because of cross-contamination and things like that they say, they say oh no we can't serve you now or they, they can't bring out what you thought you would be able to order so you sit there with hardly any food so then you get embarrassed and it'll be a bit like you with your accessibility you might think that you're, you're going to have access to a toilet but you get there and you can't access a toilet, and then you feel embarrassed. You're on edge, and yeah, it stops is, you it's from going out. Now, how great would it be if there was a logo on the door on the website to say they could cater for your food intolerances? Exactly. So you know, and maybe there's a hundred people that live in your area that have a similar food intolerances that may all then all go to that restaurant because they know yes. that's a really really good place and that could cater for you and they serve good food. Yeah. So it it would benefit the Everybody. The, the premises. It, Things would have to be looked at because um, I stayed in my in Blackheath. I stayed with my brother in in London, and uh, I asked the, the pub bar we were in if they had an accessible toilet. They just had one put in, so we shared a bottle of wine. And then when I went to use the toilet, because the door opened inwards, you couldn't actually shut it. Oh, no. So unless you were willing to to go to the toilet in front of everybody in the restaurant, um, you weren't able to use it. So. So they need a bit of advice, these premises, so yeah. they, they, things need to be checked up on, but this could work, and 
when you have a disability, it would make life so much easier. It's not about naming the shame and the bad. No, if you have a listed no. building or if you have a restaurant or hairdressers that are up or downstairs, it's not saying they're bad, but you, we, we want to promote the good, show off the good. And, yeah, I, and I, I think this would, this would work. Because if I owned a restaurant and we had access, we were really good at accessibility and we were good for those who had sensory impairments, I, I want to show that off and I would happily put the logos on the door. Yeah, definitely. And like you were saying, you know, local businesses should be doing everything that they can to be one step ahead and look like they're above the rest. And, and this is one way that they could be doing that for their own business. Oh, absolutely. I was at a Wales rugby match recently down at a place they call Chippy Alley in Cardiff. Okay. And two of the chip shops had five ratings. So they had the highest ratings. Get one had a four and the other one had a one. And there was queues down the road for the ones with the higher ratings. And the one that had the one rating um, had a man and his dog inside. And no, so it does work. People look at, look at the ratings and think, oh, that's good. So I'd hope if you have two restaurants next to each other, one has a really good accessibility rate and the other one will copy it because they want the, they want to win the custom. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, in the long run. And it would be fantastic that when I come up to Liverpool in, in September for the Diversity Awards, I could just tap in and think, oh, that pub is showing the, the rugby on Friday night. Oh, they've got <laughs> an accessible toilet, so they, yeah. et cetera. And, and way, hey, it's, it's You're not going to miss your rugby, are you? Well, <laughs> I have mentioned, I, 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 that was the first time I mentioned it. I am a massive rugby fan. You I do are. love my local club, Regent, and I love Wales. So, uh, yeah. so, um, so, so yes, and um, I'm just hoping that uh, the diversity rules don't clash too much with the World Cup. I'd be, I'd be very annoyed if it does. <laughs> now, talking about the National Diversity Awards, I mean, you've got a tough job on your hands being a judge, but it's such oh. a great honour because, obviously... Who wouldn't want you on the judging panel when you're, you know, so inspirational in all senses? But do you, like, find it really difficult or do you enjoy the challenge? I, I, I enjoy it, but it, it is one of the most difficult things I've done. And this this year especially, um, I was a shortlisted candidate in 2013 and 2015. Yeah. And the last three years I've been a judge. And when you read through, not just dozens, you're hundreds and hundreds yeah. of nominations and votes and endorsements and you've got to cut that down to eight and you've got to you know you you've got to slip between you then you select you select who you who your winner's going to be yeah um it's difficult because you might you might get 20 or 30 that are fantastic yeah but then also you might get somebody that still does good work but maybe somebody has maybe works in a big factory has lots of family so somebody might get 150 votes Right. And somebody else might only get two or three votes in endorsements, and they might be absolutely outstanding, but they've just not tried to sell themselves, if that makes sense? Yes. So yeah. some, I, I've come across a couple of people who are, who are very good, and they the evidence they've said, and I've done a bit of Googling, have been brilliant, but maybe they've, they've not broadcast the fact that they've been shortlisted, and maybe they've got one or two or three endorsements. And, but the impact that they've had on their society is it's just as good. Yeah. But if you get shortlisted for the diversity awards, somebody has to to nominate you. So yeah. there's a number of people you can you can see have they've changed even if you change just one life, if you save just one life, to me it's inspirational. To me you you you've done good. Yeah, there's lots of, of people on there that have made a difference to hundreds and hundreds of lives. But if you save just one life, you made a difference to one person's life, then it's then it's the work you've done is, yeah. is fantastic. And I think everyone should be proud of themselves because I think 
just having the National Diversity Awards there as an award system is is great motivation for everybody anyway, just to keep pushing themselves, keep uh, pushing themselves out of the comfort zone and inspiring for bigger and better goals. Oh, and absolutely, and you, you see that, you know, I most of my work is to do with disability, but you see fantastic people who've done work better than me in the LGBT world, you know, people who are lesbian, gay or transgender who've been horrifically discriminated against, yeah. maybe disowned by their family members, but they've spoken to somebody, they've had they've had help off an individual or group that, mm-hmm. has, that has saved their life in many times. And there's many people who are from the BME communities who've, who've done fantastic work with youngsters and older people who are, and... I, 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 I read through some of the votes and endorsements and I actually shed a few tears. I, I like to think yeah. I'm a quite tough, a tough person, but uh, yeah. and a lot of those people who I shed tears over probably won't actually get shortlisted. And so whether anybody who's been, anybody who's been nominated, even if it's just by one person, you've, you've made a massive difference. Oh, and that, that's great to hear, it really is, because that'll give people a lot of hope and a lot of inspiration as well. I, I, I hope so, and I, yes. as a shortlisted candidate, I didn't actually realise just how many people are nominated, yeah. and the, the, the criteria and the, the, the fantastic work a number of people have done and been involved in is just, there's lots of people out there who have uh, severe autism, and yeah. their children have severe autism, and they set up their own groups to try and have they themselves then have helped like 10, 20, 100, 200 other people who, who have autism within the family. And uh, there's people who, and I've, I've come across people who've got neurofibromatosis with the, the condition I have, mm-hmm. who've worked with lots of people in their area who mm-hmm. also have the condition and they set up local groups because they themselves don't know one to talk to or no one to turn to. Or, mm-hmm. They didn't know anybody with the condition. So, yeah. and you know yourself with, with Lyme's disease that if you meet someone else that has, has the same has the same condition, it's yeah, it's it can amazing. be inspirational. Just, yeah. just talking to somebody that can share what, what you go through on a daily basis. Yeah. Definitely, and that moves on to sort of the big sort of topic of support, really, because support is vital. And I know that we've both lost friends, lost family members through lack of support, but we've also gained amazing, amazing people. So how's sort of support been for you? Support has been good, but you, when you go through bad times, like I, I did last year, you, you realise who your true friends are. Yes. And when you have a disability or an impairment, um, and I'd like, I'd like, I, I have a lot of friends, I have a lot of people who I can rely on, but I have a, I have a small group of people who are, who are fantastic, to be honest. Yeah. Um, when I was ill last year, I was told I was going to die. You know, I had, a, I had this brain tumour surgery, and I wasn't going to come up to the diversity awards. My, a friend of mine, Zoe... Yes. drove me there and drove me home and I have another fantastic friend who has a little girl she, who lived, they lived with me for almost a year yeah. and they, 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 between them they've been absolutely um, absolutely brilliant to be honest and yes. I might not be here if it wasn't for, for, for them because their, their support and just 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 like just like when I was too ill to go out just coming around someone's house and getting them a takeaway and just sitting and having a glass yeah. of wine or watching a rubbish film watching some Netflix <laughs> Yeah, you, you you don't have to do an extraordinary amount can can mean something. And I have two photographs. Um, when I was released from hospital the second time, um, a little girl who was then free. Um, I was too weak to push myself out of the hospital, so she's walking behind me. She pushes yeah. me out of the hospital. And then fast forward about ten months, I had 
yards to go in the marathon and this little girl was, oh, was sat on the wall watching yeah. watching for her Uncle Saisei and saw me coming around the corner and without him being able to stop her, she jumped into the road and ran across the road in front of me. Oh, so I had to lift her on my lap. So I, so I actually finished on, across, yeah. went across the finish line with her on my lap. And I actually bore my eyes out and I had a couple of, photo, a couple of photographs taken because it was, it was quite... Um, quite a tear-jerking moment to be honest. Of course, yeah. And but to go from like having well. to be pushed out of the hospital by this three-year-old and then when she's almost four she runs into the, the road to, to jump on me and give me a hug when we, yeah. we, we, we finished a marathon. It was, and she was quite happy because she actually got a marathon medal. She only did 100 yards on my lap. So uh, she, she was quite happy with that. So it's fine. Yeah. And also for her being so young, that will stay with, with her for the rest of her life. And you know, if ever she gets into sort of health complications or she meets someone with health complications, she'll know how to be around them. Oh, m- million percent. And her teachers all say she's a lot more, she's a very thoughtful girl. And uh, yeah. her teachers and some of her classmates have um, said quite often, she goes on and on about, I finished a marathon with Uncle Saisa, you know. She, she talks about it non, non-stop and she's got a medal, she got a marathon medal um, in her house, which which is fantastic. And... But I, I have lots of friends and acquaintances, but uh, there's a small, small group who, who I know would always be there. Yes. If I was ill again tomorrow, um, you know, I, I know with my condition that the chances are I'm going to need another operation, hopefully not for a long time to come. Okay. But if I need an operation tomorrow, they'd, they'd be the be first, yeah. They'd yeah. be the ones to come to visit me in hospital. They'd be the ones to come around my house with with a takeaway or to take me out to, to get me drunk or to drag <laughs> me to the rugby if I want if I want to, if, if yeah. need be, you know, it, it's fantastic. And how was it sort of receiving such a great result from your surgery last year? To be honest, it, I, it, it's, I, I don't really know because when you're told that um, obviously I had the biopsy surgery yeah. and then I waited and waited the results and they told me that the tumour was inoperable yeah. and then because I got the second, they did the second surgery. Um, I didn't expect to be here. I didn't expect to see the end of, of last year. And then when I went for my scan results back just before Christmas, and they said the tumour hasn't grown, we got rid of a lot more than we expected to. And then during the January and February of this year, I started to get fitter and stronger. I was more able to do things. Yeah. And it, you sort of have to touch wood. You sort of pinch yourself. God, is this really happening? Is this really happening? I'm, I'm fit, I'm well, and I can... And that's when I signed up to do the, the marathon to try and prove, I tried to test myself, to try and push myself to the limit, and and it worked. And yeah. um, I've now set myself the target of, of, of doing two more, which um, some people say I'm mad, but to me it's, <laughs> it's like, well, I want to prove I can, and also a year or two from now, I might not be fit enough to do it. So yeah, let's, let's do it now when you can, you know. Definitely. And, and how can people donate? Um, well, there's, there's a couple of just giving pages. Um, I, if, well, Bridge End Coalition of Disabled People is the charity I chair, so the money will go into that account, and okay. however money is much, however much money is raised for Helen from me doing these two marathons, will go then be transferred directly to her. She also has her own crowdfunding page. Um, her name is Helen Fincher. Um, if you go on just giving and Google either of those things, yeah. you'll find one of those pages. So, you know. Fact. Like even if you can only afford pennies, you know every penny counts. Some people, most people, just put coppers into the the bucket yesterday in the in the arcade, and we raised about seven hundred and ten quid over a few oh, hours. Wow. And, and it was it was absolutely brilliant. So um, 
are determined that she's going to go to Oman to have this, this special yes. treatment. Because if, and like I know you would, if somebody said to me, um, we can offer you operation or we can offer you treatment to cure your brain tumour, to make you fit and healthy, you'd probably, you, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You'd go, you'd go there and, and you want someone yeah. else to maybe fundraise to help, to help you go. Yeah. So I know it's unlikely I'll ever get that offer. So somebody I, I care about, a friend of mine has, has had this fantastic offer, vibrant yeah. child, I, you know, it's difficult to think that the future king has made this possible, but uh, um, then I, I'm going to jump at it. So we'll want to do all I can to make sure yeah, she, she gets there and um, hopefully, um, like I said, she'll, she'll walk out the airport and, um, and, and hug her mum. Yeah, definitely. And, and like you, you know, saying all the kindness that's been shown and it just proves that kindness does make the world go round. It does. And lots of people, you know, we advertised a lot. So we were in, we were in the, the centre yesterday collecting money and um, yeah. lots of people put money in the bucket specifically because they knew it was for, for, for her. And she, like she said, she'd done an interview on local radio and she said that since she's been in a She's been disabled. She just realised just how kind people are, just how much people are willing to do. Like yeah. her brother organised a, her brother's a fireman. He organised a, a charity car wash a few days yeah. ago, and that raised a couple of hundred pounds. And it was just 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 little things like that, you yeah. know. And people who had no intention of having their car wash just went along just to, yeah. to get it to get a quick spray on the car to just chuck something in the bucket to give her some money to because. Everything you know, if she help. gets this treatment and she does get some mobility back, this it would be um, you know everybody that donated to the cause, they they'd have all made this happen, they'd have all helped it. So, um, of course, so yeah. let's, let's let's bring it on and uh, you know let's let's hope it's uh, it's it's uh, it's successful. Yes. Now, for looking on to the future for your goals, I know obviously you were talking about the marathons that you've got coming up, and you're dancing. But is there any more goals that you've set? If I had a bit more money, I, I, I'd love to travel. I want to see the world. That's yeah. my goal. Um, I had a very tragic event a few years ago. My, my mother and grandpa passed away in, a, in an accident, but I was left yeah. uh, some money. And my mother, and I always wanted to watch Wales play um, and away too. I always wanted to go to New Zealand. So I went to New Zealand for a month. Wow. And then went to Australia for a month afterwards to visit friends. And yeah. I came home via California and it cost me a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> been away for two and a half months, but I wouldn't change it in a, in a million years. No, yeah, uh, definitely. But I, I'd love to go to, I'd love to go around the Caribbean and maybe travel around the United States, Canada. Uh, that's my aim. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how, because I, I don't really have the money to do it. But uh, but my, I also just, looking at the future, I just want to improve things for disability, yes. disability rights. And I'd, like, I, I'd love to see the day where you don't have to tell someone in advance, oh, you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. So if I book the travel to, to London or to, to Liverpool from South Wales on a train, I don't need to say to somebody, oh, I use a wheelchair. Um, and yeah. if I book in a restaurant, I don't have to tell people in advance that I have a disability. But it's just auto, auto, it's automatically catered for when you when you get there. Yes. Uh, that's that's, the end that's my aim. I would, yeah. lo- I would love to see. I think we're a long way off that happening. Okay. But when I think 16 years ago when I first used a wheelchair... Um, there were no accessible buses, and I can remember a friend of my mother's um, when I was a kid. He was he used a wheelchair sometimes, and we had yeah. to travel in a guard's van if we wanted to, if you wanted to go oh on the train um, with him. So um, things are a lot better, but there's yeah. much much more we can do. So I, I just love to improve the world, make it more an accessible place, yeah. and I'd love to travel the world as well. That's yeah. my um, 
my 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 aims and um, obviously coming up for this year I've got the dance championships next weekend yeah I've got the marathons coming up and of course the diversity awards yeah. um, which is sandwiched in between the two marathons so uh, see, so we'll see we'll see how well I am um, <laughs> fitting because at last year's diversity was of course I, I got up on stage to present one of the awards and I you couldn't did. speak properly I was I was extremely stuttery because of the, the, the brain surgery has had yeah. that effect on me but happy to say that speech and language therapy got got my voice working again as, as you can tell so yeah. um but how shattered I might be in between the two marathons I don't know we'll we'll, we'll see when when on the 20th of September I think it is yeah and I think you need that time to travel just to take some time off and have some me time yes I, <laughs> I I definitely be having some me time I'm gonna hopefully hopefully make the make two or three days of it make a long weekend when we uh, come to um to Liverpool yeah um through this time so uh as you know yourself, who attended last year, it's it's a fantastic event. It really is. And it's it's weird because in 2013, it was not long before that my my mum and grand had passed away, and uh, I very very nearly didn't go. Oh no. And because uh, I didn't want to be going, I I said, oh, I don't want to really go and join myself at a, at a yeah. party and a celebration after basically losing my parents because my grand was like a parent to me. Yeah. And then a couple of friends said, oh, you got to go, you got to go. So I went and had the most the most inspirational nights of my life you know and yeah. I met so many fantastic people and of course um it'd be the fifth time I've attended the awards the third time as a judge so yeah, if I hadn't definitely. gone up in 2013 yeah I would never have met you yeah. wouldn't be speaking on it to you now and um yeah. I wouldn't have done half I've done I know it is such a breathtaking evening I mean you go in and you're just surrounded by such amazing people and you think oh my gosh these people are just heroes it, it is, and I think the, the following day after diversity was, you're going around Liverpool docks and uh, met two individuals who were both transgender, who'd done some, some, so much fantastic world to, for the transgender community yeah. to, 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 to improve their lives, to, to stop the suicide rate, it's unfortunately quite high, to stop the prevent bullying, yeah. uh, prevent families become more accepting and, and aware of, you know, if a, if a man decides they want to become a woman or, or vice versa, it's, it doesn't mean they're a bad person, it just means that they were perhaps born in the wrong body or perhaps have a different outlook on life. And yeah. these two individuals did so much. And we ended up speaking to them for like almost two hours on Liverpool docks because the work that they'd done, which, and you can't meet every, you can't get around everybody, but you do meet so many inspirational yes. people. It's, um, if you, you know, I would urge anybody, if whether people are shortlisted or not, there are tickets to, to go on sale, go along because you, you, to me, you'll be, you could be, you could be sitting on a table. You'd definitely be sharing a room with, with quite a number of heroes because yeah. there are brilliant people organising and brilliant people attending. You know. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so so much for coming on today, Simon. I really really appreciate it. No, and thank you for, for inviting me, and uh, ho- hopefully, I've given you everything you want to give me to give. Yes, definitely. And I mean, you're an inspiration, and just good luck with all your marathons and everything you're doing because you're as busy as always but like you always say you love being busy don't you i enjoy being busy yeah. um the, the thing i hated most about being ill last year wasn't actually the pain and discomfort and i went through it was just sitting in the house doing nothing yeah that, that's it that drove me crazy i watched every single possible series you could get on netflix yeah. <laughs> over yeah. and that that drove me crazy I, I have to be out i have to be busy i have to be doing something yeah. I've, I've, I've got the, the means to do that through the ability and through, through some fantastic friends as well
Definitely. Well, thank you so, so much. And we'll speak again very, very soon. Thank you. You've been an absolute delight. Oh, right. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.